The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. So, what are we having today? Well, it's Friday. Yeah. TGIF. Yay! And when it's Friday, we always have the perfect martini. Yeah. It's a nice way to end the week, you know? Mm. So, this is the perfect martini. It's eight parts of Tangeray Dry Gin, Lemon yep. Dry. Because we make doubles and two drinks. Two big doubles. Yeah. And it's... Eight to one. So it's one part of Dole and dry vermouth, and then 12 drops of orange bitters. Yep. Yep. Then I stirred it nice and slowly in mm-hmm. ice so I didn't let the ice bruise cubes the touch gin. or bruise the gin. Yeah. And then I let it sit for a minute while I got my orange peel ready. And I trim my orange peel and I squeeze it over the ice cold glasses. Beautiful. Poured the gin, dropped the little twirls of orange peel into the martini, and here you have a Voila. martini. Voila. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Oh, the fragrance is so beautiful. Oh, that is perfect. So smooth. It's hard to get more perfect than that. Gosh, think... we love this gin. We've been trying other gins lately, some, mm. you know, borderline cousin gins yeah. of London Dries, like recently a Plymouth, and just doesn't have the forward botanicals that we like in Tangeray. No, it's really something. Tangeray is really unique. It's not, you know, a lot of people will talk about vodkas or gin and say, this one's really smooth. And I yeah. often will taste that and I'll say to myself, it doesn't taste like much, but alcohol, right. you know, Tangeray gin has, the botanicals are very forward. The juniper is very forward. Yeah. Well, it's actually not so forward that it's overpowering. No, no, it's like we it- like it. It's true, and it balances nicely when you add the vermouth and the orange bitters. You know, it just makes a really beautiful drink. Yeah. And for me, there just isn't a way to improve this, actually. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's perfect. Well done. Yeah. The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at slub, S-L-U-B-B dash USA dot com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. This chapter is called The Prince's Bedchamber. 
And the chapter begins with Beauty sort of waking up from being essentially drowsing in the big hall. Yeah, like she must have just lost track of time. Totally. She was in there for hours and hours. Hours and hours. And there was some evidence of the party sort of breaking up. Yeah, and the people that were left were really loud. Really loud, so drunk probably, right? And the gray-haired lord takes her and hurries her after the prince. Mm -hmm. But she has to get down on her hands and knees. And go across the cobbles. Go across the cobbles. Oh, gives me shivers. Yeah. And so she follows the prince up and down the stairs, up and down hallways, and eventually... He says, open this chamber. Mm -hmm. And she opens the doors to the chamber and she goes in. It's the bedroom. And there's the bed and, you know, it's been turned down. And so she's like. Because she was worried she might be shipped off wherever all the slaves went. Yeah, because there have been lots of slaves spanked the whole time. And and then the author made the point that there didn't seem to be a reason for the spanking. It was just just to amuse amuse, the the mistresses or lords. Exactly. And so she finds herself in the bedchamber with the gray-haired lord and the prince. And the prince is sort of dressing down the gray-haired lord. Obviously, he's a young man. The gray-haired lord's obviously an older man. But the prince is just dressing him down for not properly disciplining her when she was gazing at the other right. slave too soft right? on her too soft on her and he sort of you know is apologetic and leaves well then... and he did address his jealousy he did he did address to it. the lord i mean he said maybe this is the why because i want to train her because i have this jealousy yeah yeah then what happens next i find sort of interesting i can see the fantasy of it mm-hmm. but i'll come back and we'll talk about okay. it okay so what happens next is he essentially first embarrasses her by his speaking, but then she's kneeling on the ground and he tells her to stand up and she stands up, wants to look at him, but she doesn't, you know, and the context that you're left with from the gray haired Lord and their conversation is that she's a little bit inquisitive. That's the context you're left yeah. with. Like she's yeah. inquisitive. We're going to beat this out of her. Yeah. It's basically how it sounds. And he immediately, she the, the, the Lord leaves and he starts slapping her breast. So he brings her basically to tears and then he goes over and sits in the chair and tells her to come over and she's sitting there and he's sort of telling her, you know, you need to be my slave. You need to like, do what I tell you. I'm very jealous. Like he starts giving her that whole conversation. Yeah. And then he says, reach overhead and grab that hook. And she Which does. makes her up on her tippy toes. Yeah. But before he before she he she does that, he has her take off his belt. Yes. When she does it with her teeth. She does it with her teeth, which is a good slave behavior, I guess. And he's standing there with the belt and she's having to hold on to this mm-hmm. hook overhead. And she knows she's gonna get the belt because she's considering like, I wonder if it will be as bad as this or as bad as that, right? So she knows she's gonna get it. And then he literally starts beating her with the belt. Right. And and she keeps reframing about two or three times in this chapter where Beauty is actually having this internal dialogue about if he was doing this in not, if he, he's doing this out of anger and that's what's unbearable and brutal because what she's dealing with as a submissive is 
displeasing, right? right? That's her nature. So then if he was doing this out of anger, which she thought he was, because it's all the jealousy, then it's unbearable. It's painful because she's, although she's a masochist, we're kind of finding out she doesn't want to displease. Right. She's a submissive. Right. And, and that's, that's, really the first that's what she's that coming gonna, out. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the other side of it, but if he's having the arousal and desire and he's not in anger that he could hit her the same hardness and she would experience it as oh, completely different. erotic. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's the thing about masochism. It does do that. You know, again, one of my concerns is he went from nothing to I'm belting you. Yeah. There's no warm up. There's well, this nothing. Is, this is not an instruction manual. No. This is a it's fantasy. Definitely it's a, a fantasy. Fairy tale no fantasy. one should take this truly serious. No, no, no. no. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, so then he beats her with this uh, belt and he really fucking goes after her. And then he pulls her the chair under her and sits her on it like it's a pony. And she's like grinding into the chair while he's beating her legs. And she's like freaking out, but she's accepting the beating. She's like, and, and she, she actually internalizes like she, it. She actually takes it on and yeah. she says, uh, I, I deserve this. I deserve it. Right. I, yeah. I, so she, that's the, another whole part of submission and well, I have questions about punishment that. and just like, it's a whole other conversation. I have, I have questions about that. I'll come back to that too. So, you know, this is what happens. She, he beats the shit out of her. She's like freaking out. She's really sore that he grabs her and he carries her over to the bed. He throws her on the bed. And the jewels on the bed are cutting into her body. And she's like... And he's going to fuck her. And he's going to fuck her on top of that. And she's first thinking about that. But then she's aware that she's super aroused by the prospect of getting laid. And those gems cutting into her wounds with the pain they'll cause because he's aroused. And this is going to create a different sensation of pain. Exactly. And then they fuck. And it's all good. And then he... Pulls her up onto her his chest. I think, and they go to sleep. Right, that's yeah. the end of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So that's the chapter. Okay, so boom. We first discover that he's not just a sadist because his sadism, at some level, lives in being a disciplinarian. Oh, they're side by side. They're side by side. Okay. Right. Um, I think that's very true. Yeah, and about her, we discover at a, a deeper level that she is both a masochist and a submissive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what happens here. But the process that it happens by is insanity, right? You would yeah, never yeah. just... Yeah, do... just, especially, yeah, again, I just, yeah. It's fantasy. It's all fantasy. Yeah, so it's a fairy tale. Underage people, there's all kinds of things going on here. Yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff. So the eroticism in the writing, so remember, she's writing porn for herself in a of way. Of course, I right? get it. So the eroticism is in the dom standing over you with a belt. Like, yeah. That's a very yeah. erotic image. I see it all over Fat Life all the time. Everyone, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. And then the eroticism of being mercilessly punished as a masochist, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are pain slots. That's what they want. They want to be beaten and beaten and beaten. Yeah. Right? And so... I can see her as the writer attaching to these various fetish-sized or fetish moments or erotic moments and then writing the fairy tale around it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, so the last chapter I felt like that. I was like, huh, 
this is something that was laid out and they're missing things. Sure. Obviously, like real kinksters will set will. Yeah, but it's a but it's written, right? as, a, it's written as a fairy tale. I know so it is. But she, a lot of I, get, I am. I'm not yeah. criticizing her. I'm saying that's how she wrote it. But she thought of these key things and thought about enough about the transition to try to get it, but didn't get it right. Yeah. And the reality, I get it's fantasy, but I think kinksters are more discerning. Yeah. About what they read, even if it is fiction, because they're looking for where does it cross? Because yeah, so, that's what makes kink kink so who's her audience are her audience kinksters no, no i think i think her audience, I think are, her are like, audience is the general public it's such a yeah. naughty book to read it's a naughty book right naughty book this would be yeah. like when you talked about yeah I, when i was spicing up my marriage i was reading playboys yes. or whatever yeah, yeah, with yeah, my yeah. partner and letters to the editor or whatever right. it was and it's this that's the same thing. that's this right that's this they read the sexy book together yeah this isn't really a kinky book no no, because there's so much non-consent present. Yeah, you know, it's, it's actually a, it's not consent. It's a, it's a non-consent. It, I mean, that would fall it's, into what people who are, I think, this is what I think maybe Vanilla's thinking is, what's a slave? Right. So they think the slave is all this non-consent because they they've looked up the word, they yeah. know, they've seen it in history. Yeah. Okay, so they're just gonna apply that, and I I believe there are kinksters that do that possibly in 24 sevens and i think there probably are some kinksters that do that in role play but again if you can come in and out of slavery it's not slavery, it's not right. slavery and i don't really agree with slavery anyway because the amount we are the same as female and males mm. as cis whatever you're born at birth gender -wise, that says right? nothing to do this is not eliminating anyone in the lgbtqi yeah. community but Vanilla would think that that's slavery. Yes. This is what it would be. And like people will live in that all the time. And we know, we know people, we identify people that are like that, but it's so on the edge of the bell curve. It's so far and few. Right. Well, in the modern lexicon, the experience that you choose as an adult with consent, with agreements may include giving up your power completely. Like that's a possibility. I think that's. I think that that's is a possibility, true. right? That's not what this is. This no. isn't that because this is, and he said it in the chapter. He said, "I claimed her. Like I, I earned her. I claimed her. She okay, but I me. remember that's it. You being you claiming me. Yeah, yeah. But that was a whole conversation. I find the way he relates to her with his belt and and the both the cruelty but also the intensity of the experience for her as a young, inexperienced, not kingster, let's call her, for the sake of this conversation. Right? Sexual being. Well, just for the sake of this conversation, right? I'm just saying, if she were like his first girlfriend, well, and, he's and her maybe... She's her, his, his first, first slave, slave. Right? And maybe she is, right? Like the first maybe girl. Maybe that's true. Right? Now, he's beating her mercilessly, and see that kind of beating that comes from a place of no, anger actually, isn't sadistic. It's not you. sadistic. I don't think it's, it's gross. his first. Do you know why? why? Because they reference she's the first one I claimed. Yes. The, she wasn't a tribute. Right. So they were given oh, tributes right. yeah, yeah. before. Yeah. So he's been trained in so, how to be this way. Yeah. I'm just saying, like from a kink standpoint, the way he's being a sadist is not a way to be. No. At all. Right. No. Because. Beating a submissive from a place of anger 
is first of all that's a no-no that's, that's a domineering move yes yeah, it's, not, it's it, very bad not, poor form yeah, not work very poor form <laughs> yeah not workable i see a lot of the conversation that's occurring and again you got to get the context is she's writing this as her own porn she's looking at the the, the discipline aspect of yes. being a slave like and the, strictness the strictness of the disciplinarian nature. yeah and what would be scary because that and, that feels titillating and, and she's titillated a little bit by humiliation because she talks she, that comes up again and again and fear and fear right like fear those, those are things and you see like if you if you think about from a sexual place mm -hmm. those things are sexually arousing to certain people and this is what's interesting because yeah. i've thought about this before and i now even have better words than i did back then but i was like do i think fear is part of it like you know people the only thing that comes to mind is like people that want to be they want to set up a rape scene or, or something, like that, something right. like that right or kidnapping or something yeah. right and if it's done safely there is a lot of consent along the whole line of it and right. then there are agreements about when it's going to be surprised upon, right. right? But how does that produce fear then, if you know all that? I, you're right, but that is the safe way to do it. We, yes. We've talked to other kinksters who do this. Now to get back to fear. But fear is the driving force. Yeah. The rider gets off on fear. So yeah. when you don't know what the belt's going to feel like, because no one's done any, any right. trials on what's a red and what's, right. you know, there's none of that in there. So it's very loosely kink. What it is, is Vanilla's just fucking doing things because they want to. And then, oh, I didn't ask. Okay, now it's rape. You know? Yeah. yeah. I really think that the flirtation with different kinks and fetishes through her writing is really just, it's like um, Checking off imagination list. porn, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So she, I think. She's missing it a little bit. I think she said in her, pre, in her prelude or yeah. preview. She was reading the books on the beach of the like romance novels, yeah. and it just never went far enough, right? So that's her context. Well, and we heard the other day from podcasters saying that reading sexy novels is what they started to get their arousal. And I, yeah. I think to myself, oh my God, I could never read Fabio, even if it was an audiobook, him reading to me about the beach sands and right. how I'm doing from here to eternity kind of moves on the beach. I, I just don't find that erotic what's erotic is someone writing to what i am as a sexual creature and taking me on a journey in my proclivity for sexuality right. so that would be someone who could write and could stimulate my brain and take me down a path and then i can choose whether it sounds now, 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 realistic to be, to be fair you were assigned this book and you read it Oh, yeah. And you had feelings about it. So were your feelings eroticized by this book? Like, were you actually the target it's audience It's crazy because it? I was actually just at this, because at, it was just a book, right? Yes. And we didn't discuss it. No. It was just told that I had to read it. There was I no, didn't assign it to somebody else. No, somebody yeah. else. But this was, there was no discussion around. I think they were hoping I'd infuse ideas or something. But I remember having conversations with myself after points and going, no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yep, I'd do that. And I was at a very progressive point in my life. First of all, I had sex all the time. So I was sexual. Not great sex, but the idea was I was being stimulated in that way multiple times. I was completely disconnected. Now, flash forward, here I am understanding how to connect myself and I'm all about it all the time. So even though I came into it late on really identifying that I would say no to this, yes to yeah. this, that no to this. I think 
with the fear part, what was confusing for me is this is probably me not identifying my dominant side, yeah. but I was like already thinking all ahead on how they would do it. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm strategic. I'm going to, they're going to do it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to make it difficult for them to do it. Interesting. So I would see in my head already what they're going to do. So you identified more with the dominant characters. Right. And so that's dominant in the that's sense that, in the sense that yeah. I needed to know how it was going to lay out because I could tell them if they're fucking up or but not. You put yourself forward as a submissive. Because I love my submissive side. Don't I definitely am a two spirit because there's no way it's not like I go, well, no, but I kind of like this better. Mm -mm. I've lived my whole life like that. My whole life has been that I've been doing things of service to express my love to people since I was probably three. You're right. Exactly. Like you were really clear. About so, that. but that doesn't mean also I'm not dominant. No, and it I'm absolutely dominant in my professional life. Totally. And now your sexual and life. And now my sexual life, I'm exploring that. But that's what's so yeah. amazing is I hear things that she says. Mm. The thing is, the writer is excited to write about all these things. Because yeah. this is exciting for her, too. Yeah. So I get it. And it's almost like there's no real identifiers as it gets more exciting it's just all exciting and i right. get it's all new so it's all of that right but there's no she's so young there's no discerning no. ideas she's just she's really moment to moment so she's not taking it in in a global sense at all mm -mm. and i think that's because there's trauma there going on just be raped basically right. i mean right. you can have what is it called stockholm syndrome yeah. just surely because you're involved with it so deeply yeah well i think the conversation we're having with her or she's having with us towards she's the end of the us. chapter is that she's coming to terms with her slavery She's coming to terms with wanting to be I, of service. Even for her to contemplate when she prefers pain versus yeah. other times yeah. is her becoming resigned. Now, this is a whole different society, culture. This is like a different right. time. Yeah. It obviously sounds farther back in time with less technology. There's no computers around right. and stuff. Okay. So that's also a fantasy for people. But you hear her understand very quickly based on society at that time that like, what am I going to do? Am I going to try to run away? Because right. I don't even know where I am. Yeah. So like, she's a slave. She, she's like, okay, this is where I am now. Right. It's true. <laughs> and I think that's really apparent. So she's dealing with the different ideas. Like she even mentioned earlier in the chapter that she felt ashamed and needed to be punished by the prince. Yes. Yet she felt a warm hotness when she just said the name of a Prince Alexi. Yeah. And, and she, she also, doesn't know what desire is. Right. What basically right. what's happened is she woke up from a sleep before she was a sexual creature and right. then she was raped. So that's her. Wow. Can you imagine how that would, that would fuck up your experience. Fuck up yeah. somebody. Yeah. So then your that's your context. Right. That's what sex is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. She was kneeling there and she felt like she was glad that her hair covered her. Then she thought, no, I'm not allowed to think like that. I have to. Shamed. Like yeah, she was shamed. blushing. Yeah. yeah. So she's coming to terms with her slavery. She's mm -hmm. actually discovering arousal in sadomasochism. Mm -hmm. She's wanting to please. And it's a complete fantasy, the whole thing, right? So the way it's occurring for the reader who's identifying with her, she's growing into her slavery. And I think that's okay, because maybe she's trying to move the book along to get to the better parts, yeah. right? Because this is the beginning. 
I think what people just need to listen, we keep saying it's fantasy and it's amazing. There are a lot of things out there. If you even just look at politics that we say is fantasy, it's made up and somehow a huge majority of the population still believe it. So we feel compelled in the pod to say, this is not an instruction manual. Instruction manual. Yeah. This is a fantasy that happens to... It's, it's actually a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale yeah. that equates to kink. Yeah. It's not well, a recipe book. Exactly. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!